Hello guys, welcome to Wavy Season 2, Episode 1. Yeah. Because the first one was an intro. Yeah, Episode 1. Episode 1 of Season 2, um, there's so much stuff to talk about, so we'll just jump right in. Um, you know, we do our segments of life, news, and style, so we'll just talk about topics that are trending for each of those. Um, starting with style, there's a ton of celebrity news, specifically in hip-hop, um, from... A lot of new album releases, um, creating controversy and whatnot, starting with um, Eminem and the disses on that with Joe Budden, MGK, and a couple others, so... Yeah. So I think the one that's making the most noise is probably the MGK beef. Him and MGK are kind of going at it right now, um, because basically this all started back in 2012, MGK made a tweet referencing how hot Eminem's daughter Haley was and everyone pretty much knows if you bring any of his kids into it you're just kind of like you're done, done for yeah. yeah um so you know Eminem found that extremely disrespectful I can see why because you know that's like he's coming from crossing a boundaries yeah yeah you know so basically Eminem made a diss about it I don't remember the exact lyrics but he pretty much just referenced him and said, you know, think about mentioning my daughter Haley, you know, pretty much. And then MGK MGK came out with an entire song called Rap Devil. I feel like he could have thought about Of a better name? Yeah, because, you know, Eminem has Rap God, and then he's like, Rap Devil. Yeah. And he even still put Eminem diss in parentheses. Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah, I don't know. Um, everyone at first was like, whoa, it's such a good diss. I listened to it personally. This is my opinion. Don't come for me. I personally didn't think it was that good. I really didn't. It, like, it just seemed like he was taking, like, eighth grader, like, if you know what I mean, like, jabs at him. Like, you're fat. The only time you see eight miles run- when you're running on the treadmill. Oh my gosh. He the said worst disses ever. He did. He literally said that. He was like, the only time you see eight miles is when you're at home running on a treadmill. And then he pretty much was like, how can I look up to you when you're 5'8 and I'm 6'4? Like, he literally just made a bunch of physical jabs. Though, yeah. I gotta say, though, the only jab that was pretty funny to me is the last line. And it also references the fact that, you know, him and Halsey hooked up and he's got the beef with Jeezy about that. Explain that, though. I don't think a lot of people know what MGK is also starting stuff with Jeezy. They have their own problems. Yeah, basically, if you guys didn't know, Jeezy and Halsey broke up a few months back. Then it was revealed through Halsey's, like, subliminal tweets. She tweeted things like pumpkin eater. Then she tweeted a pair of scissors. So people were like, oh, what if Jeezy cheated? And then it was later yeah. revealed. She also liked a tweet that said, the funniest thing is that you guys would think Halsey would stay with Jeezy after she found out he cheated on her. Uh-oh. So, yeah, he cheated on her in Finland, I guess, because MGK tweeted, a, or he posted a picture on Instagram and said, you know, I messed with this girl. And now he looks like me that's overbearing, and he put hashtag something about Finland, and then he put hashtag all your friends know. So, pretty much he revealed that g from the sounds of it, cheated on Halsey in Finland, and then MGK got his shot at Halsey. And then all that beef started, g made a diss to MGK. Yeah, so... So MGK is starting stuff? Pretty much. Maybe he's just trying to get publicity, but... I gotta say, though, the only line I laughed at in the entire diss to Eminem he made was when he said, I already, you know, effed one rapper's girl this week. Don't make me call Kim. Oh. Yeah. That was the last line. And me and my, 
I was playing it for my dad because my dad's very caught up on this. My dad listened to the entire Kamikaze album. I haven't yeah. listened to all of it yet, but I'm going to probably. I listened to it. Was it good? Everyone said it was like, you know, like Slim Shady era. I mean, I'm actually an Eminem fan, so I've heard better from him, and oh. he's had a lot of great albums. Um, but it was cool, though. It was nice getting a little taste of Eminem, like, in this year, you know, at this time period. It was cool. Um, it's a consistent sound to his other sound, but I just feel like lyrically it's not, like, you mm-hmm. know, legendary or anything. But that's just because he's put out so many other, like, profound albums that this was just, like, alright. But, it was, I mean, it was cool. It's always cool yeah. to hear from, like, someone that, you know, doesn't regularly put out albums anymore, kind of coming yeah. back around. I think it was cool. Um, I wasn't expecting there to be, like, disses coming from it, but then again, yeah. he's been, like, silent for a little bit, so maybe he had stuff brewing that nobody knew about. Um, so, wait, yeah. Somebody else put out an album that was, that was disses. Mm. Who did put out an album that After Nicki Minaj's album, there were definitely a lot of disses. Um, honestly, I feel like a lot of it was unnecessary. You know, again, I'm not in her position of, you know, all the stuff that she deals with, I'm sure, comes with a lot of adversity. So, you know, I can never, you know, say that I wouldn't act a certain way until I've been there. But I did feel like she was talking about a lot of people that maybe she shouldn't have been talking about. And I'm not even talking about Barbie dreams. Like, I feel like that was fair game to, like, you know, say whatever she wanted about those guys because guys do it all the time to girls. So, like, to me, that was fair game. I wasn't mad at that song. But just the way she acted post-album um, in regards to Travis Scott, Cardi B, and just other people that I actually do like and do respect that haven't said anything about her, I just thought was a little bit off. Um, the whole thing about Travis Scott and album sales, um, I do recognize that a lot of rappers nowadays do sell merch with their albums. So I could see how that might not be fair if people were buying so much Travis Scott merch and tickets and all this stuff and they were counting that as album sales. However, if you do know that you're allowed to do that, it's not your fault that you didn't think about doing that. Or right? I mean, like I mean, it's not his fault that you didn't think about doing that and that you didn't take advantage of that same opportunity. That wasn't invented, you know, the day before Travis Scott's album. If you knew that that was, you know, something you could do, you could have took advantage of that situation too and you didn't. Yeah. So... It is what it is with that. And then secondly, um, numbers don't lie. Like, dude got number one, and his album really was amazing. So, yeah, it was it's, really good. again, fair game. And then I will say also that Travis Scott wasn't dissing anybody in his album. He still did well. Nicki name-dropped half of the whole hip-hop industry. Okay, but so did Eminem, too, though. <laughs> yeah, but Eminem wasn't yeah. in the Nicki-Travis, like, album yeah. war thing. Like, I don't think Eminem would care about trying to get number one. He but, doesn't. like, Travis Scott and Nicki were actually competing against number one, but it's, like, Nicki literally name-dropped all of hip-hop and still, you know, wasn't comparable to Travis Scott, who only talked about his own life and his yeah. girlfriends, or whatever they are, <laughs> and, you know, he did very well. Last thing I'm gonna say about this topic, the, she was saying that, like, Kylie and Stormy... I can't believe we're talking about Kylie's daughter that's, like, literally, like, three months old or whatever. But she was saying that Kylie and her daughter taking pictures and saying, you know, go to Travis Scott's tour, shop Travis Scott's merch. She was saying that that was, like, not fair to album sales because everyone's gonna, like, go on Kylie's page and do that. But it's like, first of all, who wouldn't post their boyfriend's album? Like, any girl in the world would post her boyfriend's album and say, go check it out or go buy merch. Like, anyone would do that, like... 
Yeah. Anyone. I think I realized what Nikki's problem is, though. Nikki has a theme of coming... She has a recurring history, if you will, of coming for mothers. Like, she came for Cardi B saying Cardi B... Like, she liked yeah. to comment or something saying that Cardi B isn't a good mother. And she's, like, unfit which, mother. Which we still don't have, you know, proof that that comment was liked yet, but continue. Yeah. I mean, it seems like something Nikki would do. Because, I mean... And Remy Ma, like... Yeah, she... Remy Ma then, pointed up a good fact, and she was like... She was like, um, Cardi... No. She was saying Nikki has started stuff with Mariah, Taylor... Miley. Miley. Remy. And now Cardi. So it's like... She just wants to be like... She pretty much comes after people who she sees as a threat. Yeah. And, and that's why she hasn't come after Miley, because Miley hasn't really done anything. Not yeah. dissing Miley, but like I'm just saying, Miley's just been kind of like. Yeah, but low. you can't hate every single female rap artist. That's just uh, that's just stupid. Nikki's gonna try. <laughs> you can't hate every single female, but then be like girl power and blah blah. But it's like, do you hate everybody in the industry? You have no counterparts that you get along with, right? And you can't diss every single girl that's associated with a hip hop artist if she isn't a hip hop artist. Yeah. And then be like, I love women, and then like come for a lot of them who are mothers, and then you come for the fact like whether they can raise their kid or not. Yeah. Because Kylie already, before even Nikki dissed Kylie, and, like, or, like, not even really dissed, but, like, is, like, throwing shade at Kylie being a mother, Kylie was already facing, like, a bunch of backlash about being a mother when she was, like, at Coachella. Yeah, and but, then... like, imagine how stupid it would look if, like, and again, this has nothing to do with, like, male versus female or any of that, but imagine how stupid it would look if Chris Brown would just, like, you know, hate on and drag every single other R&B singer. Like, if he was just like, I hate Trey Songs, I hate August Alsina, I hate this person. Like, <laughs> we would have no R&B. I hate Jack I ha- Like, <laughs> why would you do that? When you can make money together, why wouldn't you just get features with all these right? people? I would be like, whether I like you or not, like, get on this song. Like, let's do a feature together. Yeah. Like, instead of treating that like competition. Time me out. Uh-oh. Instead of treating that as competition or, you yeah. know, an enemy... Use it as, like, friendly competition. Like, okay, like, well, let's see what happens if we combine on something, blah, blah, blah. You don't just, like, take people out and stop, you know, money by saying, I don't want to do this or this. Yeah, because I noticed, too, like, a lot of people, I'm not speaking for everybody, but I know a lot of people who are fans of Nikki are also fans of Cardi. Yeah. And, like, vice versa. Like, I know... You can be both if you want, like... It's not like you can be like, oh, well, I like Cardi, but... Her and Nikki at beef, so I can't listen to Nikki. Yeah. You can listen to anybody. Like, yeah. But if they were Personally, smart, Team Cardi, though, right now. Yeah, Team Cardi. Because, I mean, it is true. People are like, oh, well, Cardi's gotten beaten up in the Bronx all the time. And it's like, okay, but she literally still has the balls to go up to Nicki Minaj yeah, at a like, New York Fashion Week party. But and it's not like, even about who's the better fighter. Like, we're right? not even talking about that. We're not talking about who's the better fighter. We're not talking about who has a better album, who's been in the industry longer. Right. We're just talking about... Who whose album do you currently want to listen to? You know what I mean. Like I it's not about any of that. Piece. It's not about any of that. And then also, can we also point out the fact that Nikki is ten years older than Cardi? I'm just she gonna is? throw that out there. Nikki's oh. 35. Cardi's 25. I thought she was throwing that, that out there. Hands up, don't shoot. Secondly, <laughs> hands up to secondly, shoot. I'm also gonna point out the fact that um, when Nikki came into the industry, she was with all of Young Money. All of cash money. She had Lil Wayne endorsing her, Tyga endorsing her, um, 
Drake endorsed. Did I say Drake yet? No, you didn't say Drake. Drake, Tiger, Lil Wayne, all those people were like on her side, and that was when Young Money was literally the hottest. So it's like, yeah. how could you not like Nicki? You you were um, inbred to like Nicki because Lil Wayne was so huge at the time. So automatically, you were a Nicki fan. But Cardi just came in, just solo dolo to the music industry, and just started bodying the charts. You know, like I said, numbers don't lie. Number one on this, number one on that, getting awards. And she's been infamous most for just, like, what, only the last two, three years? She's yeah. obviously had music before then, but nobody really cared about her until, like, the last two years. Yeah. And specifically this year yeah, cause is when everything really popped off. And, like, yeah, granted, like, Migos is a huge deal, so we do kind of, like, tie her to that. But at the same time, like, it's nothing compared to how Young Money and Cash Money had all that clout and we all just followed. I feel like Nicki had an advantage if you're going by, like, totally. oh, they're following or whatever because, you know. She Although, totally had an advantage. She had an advantage because, I mean, she had everybody from Young Money, like you said. That's, like, five people. Yeah, and, and Cash Money before that was around, yeah. like, ten years before that. You know yeah. what I mean? So she walked into the ideal hip-hop situation. And it was at a time when literally only them were dominating versus Cardi came in at a time where, like, everybody's doing all this stuff and she still had to make a voice for herself mm-hmm. alone. I mean, she was also on that, um, she was on a reality show. It was, like, Love and Hip Hop or something like that. That show was stupid, though. Yeah, I know, but, and like... She, her role on that was stupid. Yeah, she was, like, <laughs> she was also just, like, a little bit of a reality star before yeah. that. But then, she was like you a know, a lot of people, a lot of people didn't know who exactly, she truly, yeah. truly was until Bodak Yellow came out. Yeah. And it literally just seemed like it was, like, an overnight hit. You know what I mean? Yeah, and she wasn't even, like, really tied to anybody. Because Offset was after Bodak Yellow, too. Mm-hmm. So it's not even, like, we can say, like, oh, it's just, it's because of Offset. Because it's not. Yeah, exactly. Like, maybe now. Maybe. Because it's like, now they're married her, and stuff, but... Yeah, but, like, no one even knew they got married until yeah. she was just like, hey, we're married now. We're not even just engaged, but... I mean, I kind of definitely started liking her more when Offset and her became a thing, because I liked Offset so much. Yeah. But I already, you know, was listening to Bodak, though, too. Yeah. But, yeah, that would that's the only reason why I would say Team Cardi, because in terms of personality, I feel like her and Nikki both have really annoying personalities, and I would say that they're both really arrogant, and they're both, like, clowns. But in terms of just, like, work ethic and just grinding and, like, pushing out music and pushing out hits that I actually want to listen to, I'd say Team Cardi. I'd say Team Cardi because I'm sorry, but Chun-Li by Nicki Minaj was a terrible song. Don't come for me. And Nicki's fans are just, you know, annoying. And, I mean, I used to be a big Nicki fan during Young Money, but I think that proves that I was more of a Young Money person because when Young Money fizzled out, it was like, oh, yeah, I already forgot about Nicki. You know, like, I wasn't listening to her as a solo person anymore yeah she's just so on and off for me like it's just yeah. kind of like she'll put out music and i'll be like oh yeah this is good you know i'll listen to this but then like sometimes she'll put out music like chan lee and i'm like this is terrible yeah like it's just so on and off for me and there's yeah. no in between where it's like yeah I don't know. and i will say even though cardi does a lot of stuff that i think is like not the classiest or really like cringy like why did she say that but <laughs> i will say that like that album invasion of privacy like i didn't skip a single song yeah. And I'm rarely like that with female rappers. Like, normally I'm just like, oh, I'm not listening to this. But, like, dudes listen to Cardi. The females listen to Cardi. Like, it's just, it is what it is. You like what you like. Yeah, and she has a lot of features on the album, too. I mean. Yeah. So. I think it was good. Yeah. Um, and, I again, shout out to Travis Scott, too, because that was also a really good album. Yeah. A lot of, pe- a lot of people release really good albums. Like, Russ's album. I don't know if you listened to it. That was a pretty good album. I have to listen to that, and I need to listen to Lloyd more, because I love Lloyd, <laughs> and I was not anticipating his album coming out, and I'm just like, oh my god, Lloyd, so many- throwback, because he's yeah. like a throwback artist, yeah. too, I guess, so to speak. 
Um, Drake and Meek also squashed their beef. Yes, good point. Drake and Meek are officially chill again. Um, Drake brought him on stage in, I don't remember the city, but Drake brought him on stage at his concert and, you know, they shook hands, squashed beef, so they're good. Um, and Nikki said she's happy for them that they squashed beef. Um, incidentally, the day before they squashed beef publicly, Kanye tweeted a public apology to Drake, um, just saying, you know, I got love for you, blah, blah, blah. And it was like a four tweet thread of just saying, you know, I want to squash this. I never, you know, wanted to start anything between blah, blah, blah. Drake hasn't addressed his apology. I don't think Drake cares. Um, personally, I think Drake has secrets about that whole family that he holds over their head. Um, and that's the only reason why Kanye is apologizing because he doesn't want stuff to get out. <laughs> Turns out it was Kim on Kanye's Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we'll just leave that where it is until Drake says something about that. Um, See, a lot of these are like one-sided, you know what I mean? We're yeah. just kind of waiting for the next person to say something. Like, everyone's Isn't waiting. Isn't that awkward when only one person addresses it and then the yeah. other person says nothing back? Because, like, Cardi hasn't said anything since the fight. Yeah, and then M is still... People... People... Some people think, oh, well, MGK, you know, is irrelevant and everyone just kind of knows that his diss is trash. So Eminem's just going to kind of let it speak for itself, and he's just going to kind of keep doing his thing. Some people are like, no, there's no way. Even though him and Kim are no longer, you know, associated with each other, he's not going to let that slide. He brought up Kim, and then also MGK brought up Haley again in his diss track. So I'm pretty sure that... I know I just said earlier that there's power in stillness, but if you diss me, I'm coming back in 24 hours. I'm not waiting. I don't know why people wait. Right, but then again, I don't. I forgot how long Eminem waited after Mariah Carey released "Obsessed" about him. But when he, whenever he released it, it was like he just ended her. It was good, but it was also like we're over this because it's been weeks since "Obsessed" came out. Not yeah. even wasn't it like months after? I forgot honestly. It was a while, and it was just like, dude, you're still talking about this. So, but the point is, he's still Eminem. Yeah, he did body her. He did, but it was just delayed. I just want him to body MGK because I already know. The you can't even diss. compare the two. Yeah, like, I already know that Eminem's diss is just gonna blast MGK. First of all, Team Eminem, if we weren't clear on that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not biased, because, like, you know, I was kind of neutral about it. I was just like, whatever. Like, I'm not a huge Eminem fan. I grew up listening to him. My parents loved him. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't, like, a total, total fan myself. I, you know, I was just kind of, like, chill about it. But then I wasn't really a fan of MGK either. I never listened to him. And then I saw he released this song listen to it, and I was like, this is trash. Well, All these MGK, disses are trash. MGK's decent, but, like, you don't step to Eminem. You that don't. paved that way for you to even be existing in the industry. Right, I don't, I so. like how, it's just kind of weird, too, because I just realized, he's like, oh, yeah, like, Eminem was my idol or whatever, but then in the song, he's like, how can I look up to you? And he makes the whole height diss, and I'm like, dude, you just... You don't make a height joke past the age of, like, 18, first of all. <laughs> past, like, 12. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I'm like, if, if your height is that much of an ego boost for you, then... Yeah, exactly. So we are going to jump into news. Um, wanted to talk about the Obama um, versus Trump in terms of certain trends and whatnot. Um, they're not necessarily, you know, like beefing or anything, but Obama did, you know, give a statement and give a speech about the fact that Trump kind of came in at a time period where... We're seeing the um, 
you know, the tail end of results from Obama's um, presidency, we're seeing those results now. And Trump is trying to take credit for them. Um, and Obama's saying, you know, these were things, you know, that you guys are seeing that I started, you know, and they're just kind of, you're seeing the results late. My personal opinion is that either one of them, you know, didn't do much for economic trends, at least, because ultimately we've been trending at the same um, economic trends for the last, I'd say, respectively five years, um, possibly seven, depending on, you know, which economic trends you're talking about. Um, but one thing that I wanted to talk about is wage growth, just because it makes me so frustrated, um, because it's like, are you freaking kidding me at how slow, you know, wage growth is going? Um, and a statement from the White House came out that was like, we're up 1%, 1.4% in wage growth. And I'm like, dude, we can't afford to be up 1%, going 1% a year <laughs> of like another 1% next year. No, we need to be increasing at almost 5% or more in terms of wage growth. Um, and the uh, minimum wage now is so similar to what minimum wage was when I had my first job almost 10 years ago. So it's just kind of scary at how slow that growth is. And in the White House, they see things as, oh, as long as we're going up, as long as we're going up. But in reality, it's how quickly are we going up? If it's going to take you, you know, three years for 50 cents and then another three years, it's just like at that point, it doesn't even matter that it's an increase because it's so brutally slow. Um, so that was just like my rant on that because I just don't think that's, you know, entirely fair to anybody. Um and minimum wage needs to be the first thing to increase for everybody at the top to see increases as well. Until we get minimum wage at 15 bucks an hour, the people that are at $20 can't go to 30, you know, and the people that are at 30 can't go to 40. So I feel like it all starts with minimum wage jobs, entry level jobs need to be the first to peak, you know, and I care about them, you know, the most because I think we need to start, you know, bottom up. Um, and I think they need to be the first people to get increases and raises, and then we can keep working on stuff for recent grads and people like that that, you know, want those good, you know, salary jobs that are 40 grand. Hopefully they can, you know, go to 50 grand. So just like stuff like that we need to work on. But I just thought it was crazy that Trump and um, Obama, you know, they're both like arguing about these really small like achievements. And I'm just like, you both like are didn't do enough because we wouldn't be going so slow in all these areas, and then they are saying that unemployment is you know down a lot, and which is great, but at the same time, I also feel like because we're living in such expensive times, people just are forced to work kind of. So it's yeah. not even like unemployment being low is like such a big accomplishment. It's just like you literally cannot not work now. Like nowadays, people are working that are sick or that are you know almost disabled. They still have to work just because like. Things are just so expensive now. You can't rely on any other, like, government assistance. You have to work. So, that's what I was going to say about that. We can also talk about McCain and Kill. Yeah. We so don't know if it's pronounced Kyle or Kill. Kill. Whatever. You know, whatever. Um, we're just going to go by Kill. That's what it looks like. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. So, um, McHill, or McHill, <laughs> Kill was, uh, McKill replaced McCain in office because, you know, McCain did pass away recently. Rest in, in peace to John McCain. McCain. Um, definitely had a long, good le legacy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was just crazy, though, because, you know, um, 
pretty much it was like a day or two when his family announced that he was stopping treatment. And yeah. Like, he passed away. Like, that's yeah. so crazy. It's, I think they probably had an idea, though. Because when yeah. you stop treatment, you kind of know that, like, you're going to pass, right? Yeah. Or at least with life support. Yeah, so, like... It was just, you know, and plus, like, you know, he did have brain cancer, and that's yeah. very, very aggressive. Dude has been through it. Yeah. Like, don't so. ever say you've been through it unless you're McCain. Like, <laughs> dude had, like, literally the hardest life ever. Because he was in the service, wasn't he? He was tortured. Yeah. He had cancer. Yeah. He had so much stuff. Yeah, he went through it, but, you know, he's he seems like a really good guy. My mom actually met him, and she said really? he's a really nice guy. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so, I mean, rest in peace to him. He lived a very long life, and I hope it was very fulfilling to him because he was very, very successful. But, yeah, Kill replaced McCain. Um, so now he will be, Kill is 76. He will be um, fulfilling McCain's seat in the Senate only until January 2019. He actually Kill, left retirement to come yeah, back. Yeah, he position. was a senator for two-ish years. Then he just... You know, he retired, he was done with it, but now he's back going for, like, four more months just so, just to fill McCain's spot. He doesn't know if he's going to continue through 2019, but he has already said he has no interest in running for a seat in 2020, and so pretty much, we don't know if he's going to run in 2019. Probably I mean, not. at 76. Yeah, we can see why he has no interest, I would obviously. say to wrap that up in the next two years, if I were you. Yeah, honestly, I feel like he only came back just because he was fulfilling McCain's spot. And honestly, like, McCain's family wanted him to yeah. do it. Yeah, if they got him out of retirement so, for it, they thought he would probably be the best person for it. Exactly. So, obviously, he probably felt honored that McCain's family, because he was a very close friend to the McCains. Um, Cindy McCain expressed this online, so obviously they felt... You know, they felt he was the best person to fulfill McCain's spot for the rest of the four months. So, one quick thing, um, not to be, like, petty or anything, but what do you think about the fact that neither Sarah Palin or Trump were invited to McCain's funeral? That's hilarious. <laughs> I don't like Sarah Palin. You know Palin. McCain publicly said that he regretted having Sarah Palin I... run as his VP? Okay. I really... She was the world's worst running mate. I... Okay. I have very, very, very strong opinions about Sarah Palin just because of the fact that, like, she cut a lot of programs for those of you who don't know. You love, I don't think I've ever talked about it, but I have a special needs brother. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, he needs a lot of special needs programs in school to help, you know, benefit him. Um, especially, you know, he needs aids to help feed him, yeah. um, change him. Stuff like that, just to help be there with him. And she caught a lot of programs that benefited special needs. I It was a very, very, very terrible thing to do. Um, she's just, in my opinion, that just made her heartless to me. And I yeah. have very strong opinions. I do not like her. Why her daughter's on teen pregnant, teen mom? Because her daughter sucks. <laughs> and her daughter's just trying to get that money for her mom. Isn't that embarrassing? That entire family is just a disgrace. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the truth. Sarah Palin has to be hands down, Sarah Palin and her family has to be hands down, the worst media-friendly, political-friendly entity that I've ever seen. Like, I've never seen someone that was just so not media-ready or politic-ready for anything. She's shameful. That's what it is. <laughs> moving, on from <laughs> moving on from roasting Sarah Palin. Um, so I hope... Kill or Kyle or whatever. I hope he does a fabulous job in Arizona. You know, we need someone good um, for this place. 
I mean, he's just pretty much taking over until Martha McSally and Kristen Cinema, you know. Whoever wins that whole debacle. So. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Hopefully you guys voted in the primary, because it was pretty crucial, I guess, for, you know, right now in Arizona. But I will say, you know, after being in Portland, I will say that Arizona is very, very organized and has a lot of, like, format for the way things are supposed to be done versus in a blue state, like, not, like, dissing Democrats or anything, but versus in a blue state like Oregon. It's kind of like a free-for-all. There's not any structure or anything like that. So I will say, for Arizona residents, you know, don't give up on Arizona because I do think that there's a ton of um, good pillars that we have here. We just need the right, like, people in place to execute that. Yeah, exactly. Um, So vote. Yeah, so vote and stay abreast and be the change you want to see. I think I'm going to run for senator, though, in Arizona in, like, 10 years. I think you have to be, like, 35. You have to be pretty old for anything involving politics. Did you know to be president, you have to be at least 35? Yeah. Which, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. So that's why it. a lot of presidents are pretty old. Yeah. Donald Trump. How come no one's 30, no one runs at 35? Everyone waits till, like, 45. Because a lot of them have, like, a lot of degrees and stuff, like, if that you That takes that. a while to finish. Yeah, and then you have to actually work in, like, Yeah, and a lot of them, stuff. yeah, and a lot of them at that age, because, you know, they're, like, doing their thing, you know, they're, like... Running for senator and stuff, and depending on their terms, you know, depending on how their terms go. Yes. Well, it's just the timing. I think Obama was the youngest, and he was 43. He was, like, 43, yeah. He was pretty young. Um, He aged, like, 10 years in the White House, though. Yes, that place will kill you, man. I don't don't even want to imagine how Donald Trump's going to look when he gets out, whether it's this January or whatever. He doesn't look good now. Exactly, so, like, I don't know. He doesn't look good going in. I don't know how he's gonna, how terrible he's, I'm not trying to roast Donald Trump on his looks, his looks are entirely irrelevant on how I feel about him, but it's just I'm like. I'm not even that big of a Trump roaster. Like, I really don't roast, that's I'm not terrible. a big Trump roaster, I just, I mean, he just. He's an aide, but I kind of just let him do what he does. Yeah. I don't really like. I feel like everyone just kind of does that now, they're just like, oh, he's back well, at there, it. Well, I know there, I mean, there's some people that really roast Trump daily, and I'm just like, why? Like, first of all, every issue and every injustice <laughs> doesn't move me. Bless you. Thank you. Every injustice injustice doesn't move me, and I feel like people want me to be more controversial because I am a minority, so they want me to be more controversial on racial injustices and whatnot, but not everything I read and not everything in the news moves me, so I wait till something actually does move me to comment on it. The Kaepernick story actually really did move me. The Nike, you know, sponsorship and everything about that did move me. The economic trends that I was talking about, that type of stuff does move me. Every little thing that happens in the White House... Yeah. Kanye shrug. Like, a lot of stuff I don't care about, yeah. so I'll just leave it at that. But, um, but I just... Kaepernick and Nike? Well done. Well done. Like, Nike, you know, I'm wearing Adidas right now, but, you know, Adidas, <laughs> Adidas is, you know, cool too, so. But, um, good job, Nike. Wow. I think a lot of people were at odds with how to feel about the Kaepernick situation, you know, him not being you know, signed to an NFL team right now and just not kind of being, like, blackballed and alienated. I think a lot of people are just like, you know, crap, like, what do we do? How do we support Cap when we can't even support a team? He's not on a team. Like, how can we really endorse Cap? And I think the fact that Nike, you know, made him the face of their 30-year Just Do It campaign was, like, this is the perfect way for us to stand behind Cap, get on board with something, and also it reinforces that belief and that hope in the sport industry and in the apparel industry because by Nike endorsing them and taking that risk, it's like, okay, 
Like, okay, that's a good, like, we, I don't know, I think it was just, like, perfect. And then the perfect timing for it and everything and the fact that it's, you know, happened, like, a day, a couple days before, you know, NFL kickoff. Yeah. So I just thought the timing was great for it. Um, especially featuring Serena Williams in that campaign and all that she's done and her being a mom with, you know, a newborn and still getting back out there and, you know, just being the best tennis player, you know, we have in the world. Um, just a huge shout out to those people that were in that campaign because I feel like those were people that were pretty underrated for yeah. a while that we were kind of forgetting about. And then that campaign just brought everything back home. Um, yeah. There was... Oh, we can cut this out, but also there was a whole thing. There was a whole thing with Serena Williams and that uh, judge. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about that. Do you see the cartoon? I didn't see the cartoon. No, I'll let you talk about the judge real quick. So a whole other thing that caused a lot of controversy on Twitter and just online in general. Serena Williams played in I think it was the French Open. I think. Don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure it was the French Open. She played, and basically. You know, she was having a hard time in the game as it was, but basically this judge, um, I forgot his exact name, but you can probably find the article online if you so choose. Basically, she, he was just giving her penalties left and right, and then it was just kind of not helping her in the game as it was, because she was trying to make a comeback, and he was just giving her penalties left and right, left and right, and she finally got tired of it, because she also just found out, too, did you know Serena Williams is, um, she gets drug tested five times more than any other tennis player? Because they don't believe that she's the best there is. They're trying to prove exactly. that she is, like on steroids you know, or something. not human when she's not. She's amazing. So, yeah, she's not human. Yeah, so they're, like, she gets drug tested. Like, she pretty much is, like, pretty much everything is just against her as You see it how is. people treat you when you're different? I'm just throwing that out there. You see how people treat you when you're the best? They treat you like you're crazy. Yeah, exactly. But you're so, not crazy. Exactly. So, like, this judge was just giving her penalties left and right, left and right, and finally she just went off on him. And someone has the video, like, you can find it online, of what exactly she said about it, and she went off on him. And she's like, you're just doing this to me and, like, all this stuff. She called him out for his sexism, his racism, because he is a white male. So she pretty much called him out on all that, and then... Someone put a thread together on Twitter that showed that um, Novak Djokovic, sorry, he has, like, a kind of, you know, difficult pronunciation for his last name, but I'm pretty sure it's Djokovic, because it has, like, a D and a J, so I think the D cancels out. I don't know. I don't know how that works. But um, Novak Djokovic, he, like, everyone hates this umpire and this ref. Like, Novak Djokovic went against him, and Novak Djokovic is a white male, too, and he didn't face any verbal abuse penalties from this judge at all. Pretty much the judge just kind of shrugged off and just was like, okay, you can keep playing. So, that's that. And then just, like, a bunch of other players went against him. And he pretty much only alienated and gave verbal abuse penalties to those who were women or who were people of color. So, it was just that entire thing. Oh, my gosh. That's a terrible cartoon. Do you see what J.K. Rowling said? Yeah. So after the controversy with Serena Williams and the judge referee person, um, a local newspaper in Australia is receiving a ton of backlash for a cartoon they drove that portrays Serena Williams, um, you know, in a negative light. That's a terrible. I'll put the clip up later. 
Um, and J.K. Rowling is saying, well done on reducing one of the greatest sportswomen alive to racist and sexist tropes and turning a second great sportswoman into a faceless prop. Um, it's just, you know, a terrible cartoon of Serena Williams just looking almost animalistic and angry. Um, and, you know, just to pardon, you know, the judge. Um, and I don't know if the judge, you know, I can't say for a fact if he was sexist or racist, but I know this cartoon and this illustration definitely is. And I will say in the future, you know, if um, the U.S. Open and, you know, tennis organization in general, they want to avoid these allegations. You need to have well-trained judges, well-trained referees, well-trained, you know, handlers. Anyone that's going to be on that court needs to be trained, needs to be fair, needs to be um, objective and unbiased so that this type of stuff doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and in such case where Serena does react, you should treat her as any other athlete, you know, when they react. Because last time I checked, Tristan Thompson and Draymond Green were literally slap boxing on the court, <laughs> you know, and they didn't get a cartoon drawn about them. And this was in, you know, the championship NBA game, you know, the two best teams in the world for basketball, you know, highly anticipated event. And we got, we let them, you know, we let Tristan Thompson throw a basketball on Draymond Green's face. How is that allowed, you know? But a tennis player can't, you know, change her shirt without getting fined. Or Serena Williams can't express, you know, her anger without, you know, getting fined and getting in trouble and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, at that point, that is, you know, sexist for sure. Um, or it's an example of, rules you know varying based on which athletic sport you're watching which is also not fair because the rules should be across the board for all sports team and all athletes they should all have to have the same conduct exactly and also like serena williams is just going through right now um recently she played in another tennis match and she was wearing a body compression suit for tennis and it was for her health, because I don't know if anyone knows this, I didn't know this, but basically she almost died during her pregnancy, and, like, she just has wow. a, a lot of health issues pertaining yeah. to, like, you know, her blood. And she's older and stuff. now. Yeah, so, like, you know, she has a lot of issues, so, well, not a lot, but, like, you know, she has issues that Little do stuff need, that gets in the way. That, has, that needs medical attention. Um, and she, Nike made her, like, it was a one-of-a-kind Nike um, body compression suit for her, you know, her... Nike, why did you make that for her and get her in trouble? Why <laughs> didn't you check Nike. with U.S. tennis to see if she was allowed to wear that before it was you gave in, it to her? It was in some foreign country. I forgot what oh, country okay. it was. But, yeah, like, the president of that country thought it was inappropriate, and they fined her for it. And it's not like it was, like, you know, a short skirt and, like, a tube top. It was But it was a microaggression. Shout out Ian Lee for putting <laughs> me on to microaggressions. But a microaggression is when... You unintentionally discriminate and you marginalize members of a certain group, you know, with that aggression or with that statement that you're unintentionally, you know, throwing out there. Um, it's normally indirect or subtle, but it does marginalize individuals or groups. Yeah, so basically... And by them doing that, I yeah. feel like it was super marginalizing and like singling her out. And it was ultimately because they've never seen that before. And if it's for her health issues, leave it alone. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, another tennis player wearing, like, a short sleeve shirt and then wearing a compression 
sleeve mm-hmm. from their elbow down. Yeah. She, it was not like it was an inappropriate outfit. If it was an inappropriate outfit, it would be, like, okay, you know. And like, she's proved that she can win with or without that outfit on. Yeah, she literally wore, it was a one-of-kind Nike body compression bodysuit. So it was long sleeve. It was all black. Props mm-hmm. to her for wearing all black in that heat. Gosh. But, and then it was pretty much, like, athletic compression leggings. And she was wearing that. You can look for the picture of it. Like, it literally is, like, not even inappropriate. See? It's not even inappropriate. Oh, well, it wasn't long sleeve, but it's a pretty long sleeve. Not entirely long sleeve, but it's pretty... You see what she wears now, though, right? Yeah. The tutu? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's I like... would do that, too, as a big slap to the face. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's like, you know, it's a pretty... It's a shirt that has sleeves like this, as leggings. It's for her health, you know? If it's for her health... Leave it alone. But even if it wasn't for her health, it is not inappropriate, but yeah. I digress. Micro- microaggressions. Yeah, so. No big deal. No big deal, just microaggressions against no Serena Williams. No big deal. Everyone was just trying to take down the goat. Yeah. Gosh. Just leave the goat be. 